The sounds of success vary from person to person. Over to second in time on the first double play. Success sounds like this to a Credenz soybean grower. When you pick Credenz, you get a precise variety that fits your field. A variety built to work in your soil type and conditions with targeted traits for local pest and disease pressures. Earning the satisfaction of a successful soybean crop, that's smart. Talk to your authorized Credenz retailer or local BASF seed advisor. Always read and follow label directions. Informing America's farmers and ranchers, it's Adams on Agriculture. Produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Adams on Agriculture. Thank you for joining us and letting us be part of your day and hope you're having a great holiday season. Here on our program today, we're wrapping up 2019, looking ahead to 2020. We'll be talking with DTN reporter Todd Neely. We'll talk weather with DTN meteorologist Bryce Anderson and talk markets and trade events with Arlen Suderman with INTL FC Stone, that time of year where we look back and look ahead. And we start things off with DTN reporter Todd Neely. Todd, thank you for joining us. Hope you had a Merry Christmas. And we look ahead to uh, what hopefully is going to be a good 2020. Yeah, thank you, Mike. Same to you. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the way the year ended, I, I think it's, uh, there's there's a little bit of uh, – there's a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel on, on some of the issues that we talk a lot about. And I think, uh, you know, just um, just kind of getting through this year, I think, you know, as, as we've talked about a lot, there's just been so many things, uh, just so many things going on in agriculture. And I think um, just having this restart and kind of, you know, getting to breathe a little bit and, and look ahead, it's uh, I think it's a good thing. You know, it's always tough to try to pick uh, the number one story, uh in yeah. any category for a given year. But I, I was thinking about that for agriculture, and I know trade has been a big issue throughout the year, but I, I'd have to think weather was probably the biggest story, don't you think, for 2019 for agriculture? Yeah, absolutely, Mike. You know, it started back in March, uh, you know, here in Nebraska and Iowa, uh, you know, with all the tremendous flooding and, and all the all the situations that we saw, the infrastructure destroyed, uh, you know, over and over again, farmers farmers losing crops. You know, before they, they get them started, and then they're gone. I mean, it was just a it was just a whirlwind of weather events. You know, and it's it's interesting because even now into this late into the year, uh, you know, you're still hearing stories from people about oh, here's the latest snowstorm coming figures. You know, and uh, yeah, I, I think weather definitely drove drove the narrative in agriculture all year. If we'd have had any semblance of a you know, quote normal weather year. Uh, you know, it, it really would have uh, it really would have relieved a lot of the other issues that that we're seeing that agriculture can't control either. And so I think, yeah, I would I would say weather is the top of the heap. Although you know, there's plenty of other stories that really seem to really seem to drive this industry uh, down in a way. And here we are at the end of the year uh, with so many acres still unharvested yeah. and that'll be a story going into 2020 and i would think when we look at 2020 it's hard you know the weather of it be a factor again be a big story again but i would think sure. when we look at the elect it's an election year and given the state of politics in this country today uh that flurry of activity we saw right before christmas in in congress getting some things done finally i wonder how much will get done in 2020? It seems like it could be just a stalemate there throughout uh, this election year coming up. Yeah, you know, Mike, and we see that every election year. I think it's, uh, you know, it's kind of a sad commentary. You know, I think uh, there's obviously a lot yet to be done. Uh, you know, RSS issues, uh, continued trade issues. Uh, you would hope that if something comes about with China that, uh, you know, we get that we can get an agreement there and that, you know, perhaps even in an election year, someone, uh, you know, we can we can get some sort of an approval to Congress if that's needed. Um, so, yeah, I, I do think, though, you know, it's, it's really uh, election years are always tricky. And I think, um, you know, hopefully, like I said, I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity in 2020 uh, for agriculture. And I, and I think, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully as we get through the year and go through the year, uh, you know, there's not going to be the politics driving, you know, decisions and non-decisions in Congress like we've seen. I think a story to watch will be the uh, green movement, if you will, and how this impacts agriculture 
and um, how much momentum this gets and what changes they want, uh, those that are pushing for it as far as farming practices are concerned. Will there be any credit given to, like, biofuels, which should fit right into a green movement, but some seem to just want to ignore it and move on to other areas? I think that's going to be an interesting story to see how this plays out. No, and it absolutely will be. You know, the one thing we've seen, uh, you know, talking about biofuels, we've not seen a lot of policy certainty. Um, So I I think anything, uh, you know, the green movement, you know, depending on where this all goes, I, I do think that it does have possibility for opportunities in biofuels, as you said. And I think, uh, you know, it's not all necessarily a bad thing, but I, but I do think that if, you know, we continue to see what's been going on with the RFS and uh, small refinery exemptions, all these things that, that have kind of undermined the policy, um, you know, it, it, it has the possibility of, you know, providing a lot of benefits. You know, there's, there's potential for carbon offsets. You know, there's all kinds of things that biofuels could benefit from. Uh, but the other side of that is, uh, you know, we've we've seen a real shift in the way environmental groups look at ethanol and, and biofuels. It used to be that, um, you know, from the outset, it seemed that they had they supported uh, supported biofuels quite a bit, and that's that's changed in the past decade. But um, yeah, I think you know, there's always opportunity with this green movement, and I think. Uh, but then again, an election year, who knows if anything, you know, any policy, any, any law, anything like that uh, happens at this point. I think it's also a couple of areas going to be interesting to see if they can continue any momentum going into this year, that into this coming new year will be hemp because there's been so much interest and curiosity yeah. around it, but questions, and also the imitation meat products. I, I think those will be two interesting stories to watch in 2020. Oh, absolutely. You know, and I think uh, I think you're right. Like on, on the meat, the, mo- the meat products issue. I think uh, this is just such a fast moving story. I mean, we saw that this past year, uh, how it went from you know a few people, to seemingly a few companies and people talking about it, to a full blown movement. And I think um, you know maybe in some sense it kind of caught uh, traditional agriculture off guard a little bit. Uh, but I I do think in 2020 you're going to see. Uh, agriculture kind of bounce back on this and kind of maybe catch up and, you know, get its feet and uh, decide how it responds because that, that is clearly uh, that is clearly a big deal when it comes to market share and that sort of thing. Um, so we'll see what happens. But I, I, I think that you're right. I think that particular story this upcoming year, uh, you know, we may be talking a year from now about how the, how the non-meat movement died off. I mean, who knows? It's just such an ever-changing story. Well, I think those products are now under more scrutiny and people are looking a little yeah. more closely at them at the health aspects of it and uh, and some things like that. So I yeah, I, it'll be interesting to see how they do in 2020 after the uh, you know, all the uh, the attention they got in 2019 and uh, a lot of excitement and enthusiasm, curiosity. We'll see if that has any uh, you know if that has legs or not in 2020 we'll see and i as you said i think the the beef industry the meat industry traditional agriculture industry um certainly i think will speak out more on that in 2020 as uh they look at that issue and want to get their message out to consumers well todd as always thank you for for being with us throughout 2019 and we look forward to a lot more conversations in 2020 it should be another interesting year thank you absolutely happy new year Take care. Todd Neely, DTN reporter. Up next, plenty of weather to talk about here at the end of the year. It was pretty mild for a lot of the country uh, over this uh, past weekend, but winter is really fierce in some other parts of the country. What does that mean for these last uh, few days of 2019? And look into 2020 next with Bryce Anderson on AOA. Mr. Chairman, as a corn root, I speak for millions of my kind who can't be here to defend themselves. Pests are stalking our stocks and undermining our roots. But we can elect to protect with a legacy of strength. Pancho Votivo 2.0 seed treatment system increases nearby microbial activity to help us grow stronger. That's smart. Ladies and gentlemen, please, this is a corn roots movement. Ask your BASF seed advisor about Pancho Votivo 2.0 seed treatment. Always read and follow label directions. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Don't go away. More Adams on Agriculture coming right up. When you think of home, you think of warmth, comfort, and peace of mind. And that's exactly what you get when you choose propane from FS. 
With Propane from FS, you get our well-trained professional staff, along with an array of products and services designed to ensure that your propane system is functioning properly and efficiently. Add to this a variety of convenient terms and ways to save money, and you've got the right solution to all your home energy needs. Contact your local FS Propane specialist today. FS Propane. Feels like home. Visit fspropane.com. Whether you're on the road or in the field, you need more than typical number two diesel. You need a heavy-duty diesel like Cenex Premium Diesel. It comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn. It's the diesel that keeps your equipment out of the shop and restores power by as much as 4.5% and fuel economy by up to 5%. So ask yourself, if you could be any diesel, which diesel would you be? Cenex Premium Diesel. Diesel that doesn't mess around. Recently on Adams on Agriculture, the country of origin labeling issue is uh, a controversial one. Strong views and emotional opinions on both sides of this. There's a lot here to uh, sort through, and we're going to do that now with Ethan Lane, who is Vice President, Government Affairs for the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. What we're starting to look at and zero in on is whether or not that broad description product of the USA is really too ambiguous to be used. I mean, it's important to, to make clear here, we don't think anybody is doing anything wrong. We, we don't think that, that anyone's outside of the boundaries of what's compliant right now with FSIS's guidelines. What we're talking about and, and working through with everyone in this value chain is whether or not we're just at a point where we need to get out of the business of putting a broad label like that that's fairly ambiguous in place in favor of either no origin marketing claim or a more specific marketing claim. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. Sometimes life is wonderful, and sometimes it's not. Cherish the good, but always be prepared for life's challenges. At Private Healthcare, we provide the peace of mind you deserve. With Private Healthcare, you'll get the coverage you want and healthcare you need. If your employer doesn't supply healthcare coverage and you don't qualify for Medicare or Medicaid, you need to give us a call right now. Private Healthcare is private health insurance for ages 65 and under with medical, dental, vision, and even prescription coverage. When life comes at you unexpectedly, you need to be ready and health insurance is your financial safety net. If you're looking for health coverage at the best price and your annual household income is 35000 or more, give us a call at 800-664-2612. That's 800-664-2612. 800-664-2612. Some measure success by Italian suits, corner offices, and luxury yachts. Farmers measure success differently. It's breathing fresh country air, taking care of the people you love, and knowing how to measure success in your soybean acres? That's smart. With Credence Soybeans, you get a precise variety bred to fit your acres. And that Credence variety comes with agronomic expertise and local insights from your BASF team. So plant your sign of success. Talk to your authorized Credence retailer or local BASF seed advisor. Always read and follow label directions. You're listening to AOA Adams on Agriculture. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You can rely on us for the latest farm and ranch news from around the world. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. Well, as we're wrapping up, 2019, let's talk weather with DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson. And Bryce, I was just thinking, uh, here at the last few days of the year, kind of like it's been throughout the year, some wild swings and, uh, you know, some very mild weather for this time of year. And all of a sudden we're talking snowstorms and winter storms. I mean, it, it's just the variability we've had, these uh, sudden abrupt changes throughout the year. Yeah, Mike, I put out a blog about uh, this uh, upcoming storm or this storm that was upcoming uh, at the end of last week. I put out a blog uh, talking about how uh, this storm system that uh, we are uh, kind of getting through the latter stages of was uh, bookending uh, the year 2019. And uh, it is uh, indeed uh, very typical for uh, the year that we have uh, gone through. Uh, with the uh, heavy snows in uh, the north, uh, the northern Corn Belt, and then uh, heavy rainfall that caused flooding to be a part of things after the river basins had finally gotten below flood stage over just about every uh, river basin in the central U.S. 
they they got back up there uh, during this past weekend, and uh, so it it is uh, not not any big surprise, uh, unfortunately, and uh, it of course uh, sets the you know sets everything in place for uh, more concern and more stress when we think about this next year. And one thing, obviously, is also um, an impact uh, from what we had. Uh, there's uh, anywhere from, what, one to two-plus feet of snow on the ground now in uh, the northern Corn Belt, especially in North Dakota and Minnesota. And unharvested corn, uh, I think, is going to, for sure now, be out in the field until sometime next spring, uh, because uh, I think this storm pretty well put an end to any harvest efforts. You know, I was thinking here where I'm at in West Central Illinois, we had snow on Halloween and 60-degree weather on Christmas. I mean, it's just been that kind of a year. Well, it has been. Uh, there's been uh, a lot of uh, a very pronounced uh, uh, switching uh, back and forth in, in the longitudinal uh, upper air features uh, when they develop. And, in fact, uh, we've got another one on the way here this next week because uh, we're looking at, uh, generally fairly mild temperatures for the season over uh, much of the northern and central parts of the country in the next seven days. But uh, the state of Alaska has turned very cold in uh, the last uh, 10 days or so, and that cold air uh, is uh, getting set to drain southward into the western United States over the next uh, seven days or so, and then that's going to spread across the central U.S. Uh, during the uh, next uh, 10 days. And so it's not going to be a, um, a real mild period when we get into the uh, first couple weeks in January, maybe not quite as stormy as we've had, you know, with uh, the, the kind of precip uh, that uh, we put up with, but uh, it is certainly going to be on a colder note. So we brace for that as we talk with DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson. Now, Bryce, you have been talking uh, uh, for weeks now, telling us about your concerns about uh, a similar scenario setting up for this coming spring, similar to what we saw this past spring. Uh, Got any more thoughts on that? Well, uh, I, I uh, can only say that uh, this storm uh, system this past weekend uh, pretty well um, went along with the idea of uh, being very concerned about uh, wet ground and, and uh, delayed field work and flooding when we look ahead to 2020, uh, because we had widespread precipitation uh, with uh, several inches of rain uh, that fell and caused uh, flooding, like I say, to redevelop. And then, of course, we had this heavy snow in uh, the northern tier of states, and that's just going to um, you know, be a, a contributor to uh, very high water tables uh, going through uh, the rest of this winter and then on into the spring. And um, my goodness, in uh, the month of uh, no, in the January through November time frame, you had uh, record uh, wet years in the Dakotas, Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Michigan. Just about every place else east of the Rockies uh, had a wet year that was in the uh, top uh, five or six. Uh, wettest years on record going back 125 years. And I uh, saw earlier this morning that in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, this is just one example, uh, Sioux Falls set a new record for precipitation in a calendar year uh, during this past weekend, um, reaching uh, 39 39.51 inches of precipitation, almost 40 inches, and it broke the old record. That was set in the year 2018. So in the la and that was around 39.2 or so. So in the past two calendar years, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, has had 78 inches of measured precipitation. That is, you know, you're talking about the northern plains, for goodness sake. That is just outrageous. Yeah, and as you point out, as we go into this coming spring, I mean... There's just so little margin to work with because everything's still saturated and we're still feeling the effects of last year. So almost even normal precipitation could cause some challenges. It certainly could. And I think uh, particularly from Interstate 80 North, uh, we're going to have that kind of a concern. Now, I-80 South is in a little bit better shape uh, because, uh, you know, growers in uh, central and southern Illinois – 
uh, central and southern Indiana had uh, some chances to uh, get field work done that they didn't have last year because uh, it was just way too wet, even in those areas this past uh, a year ago in uh, the fall of 2018. So there's been maybe a little bit of improvement there. Uh, but uh, just about everywhere else, and again, north of Interstate 80, it's going to be um, a, a uh, season coming up where those uh, opportunities for getting field work done, I think, are going to be very precious. And I know at our Ag Summit here uh, a few weeks ago in Chicago, uh, just about everybody I talked to um, discussed how they're going to be, um, they're, they're going to have to be just more aggressive. Um, whenever there's a chance to get some work done, even if it's not maybe uh, just the right conditions all the way through when they show up in in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Okay. thought we lost you for a moment there. But you're right. Some areas, some pockets, uh, actually ahead of where they were a year ago just because they have been able to get more uh, fall field work done. So it's just such a mixed bag, but a lot of uh, uh, a lot of concerns going into 2020. I, I mentioned earlier talking with uh, your colleague Todd Neely that probably the number one ag story for 2019 was weather, and there's always a chance of that being the case each and every year, but it certainly looks like a story that is going to continue, carry over into 2020. Well, I, th- I think it is, and and uh, because I mean because we had this uh, record amount of prevented planting uh, this past year, there was no way that uh, weather could not be the the uh, top uh, story. And uh, you know that still is uh, re- you know still uh, you know echoing all the way through, and we see that in in the grain markets uh, with uh, the basis levels uh, for cash grain. Uh, kind of uh, flying in, in the face of uh, some of the way the the uh, official estimates for production have been and so forth. So I think that that is a, a real uh, ongoing uh, feature. And then as we go through this, uh, this coming year, uh, how is all that going to ripple through in terms of uh, uh, crop decisions uh, that, that – uh, that take in the the entire crop scenario, uh, weed control, insect control, all of that. It's uh, it's going to be uh, very heavily dependent on on how the uh, weather patterns act when we go into spring. Um, I certainly have felt a lot of uh, a lot of uh, attention on. Uh, you know, how everything is coming together for spring this coming year in 2020, a lot more than I, than I sense uh, on a usual basis just because this past year was so stressful. Yeah, and as we said at the outset, you got some farmers that will be trying to finish harvest right before they go into planting time. So it's just going to... It's just a carryover into 2020, and we'll be talking a lot about it in the uh, in the days and weeks and months to come. Bryce, always appreciate uh, you being on with us. I know you're going to take a little time off here at the beginning of the year for some vacation time, but we'll talk often. Uh, we'll look forward to our weekly visits throughout in 2020. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot, Mike. Happy New Year to you and everyone. All right. Take care. DTM Meteorologist. Bryce Anderson, yeah, weather the big story for 2019, and uh, looks like it will indeed carry over into 2020. Some of those same issues and concerns, we'll be watching those closely. Been so many big issues uh, for agriculture in 2019, and it's been interesting, sometimes discouraging and uh, uh, frustrating, the way the markets have reacted to them. We've talked about that a lot throughout the year with Arlen Suderman with INTLFC Stone. He'll join us uh, the next half of the show as we review 2019 and look ahead to 2020, some of these big events impacting agriculture and the markets and how he sees us kind of setting up here to start off 2020. So stay with us here on AOA. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Don't go away. More Adams on Agriculture coming right up. As one year comes to a close and the promise of a new year begins, we at Adams on Agriculture would like to take this time to wish you a very Merry Christmas and a safe, happy, and prosperous new year. As we look forward to 2020 with a renewed optimism, we hope for the very best for American farm families and those involved in the ag industry as we continue to feed the world. So from the Adams on Agriculture family to yours, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. If your soil could talk, what would it say? 
If it's healthy, it may already be saying some good things about your future. Because farmers who use soil health building systems that include no-till, cover crops, and diverse species and rotations report greater productivity, profitability, and resiliency to weather extremes. Learn more about what your soil is saying about its health and your future. Contact your local USDA Natural Resources Conservation Service office today. This message brought to you by USDA and this radio station. Time now for a market check here on Adams on Agriculture for the American Ag Network. I'm Kirsten Rall. A major winter storm which moved through the upper Midwest through this weekend is expected to create market disruptions. Although this may not cause a significant impact in futures or cash prices during the holiday week, it will create local disruptions and with most of the impact at the farm and feedlot levels. Traders continue to look for bullish market indicators through the upcoming days and weeks with most of the focus on tighter cattle supplies during the first quarter of 2020. An hour into the trading session, cattle futures are trading lower with February live cattle down 7 at 126.62. March feeders trading 27 cents lower at 144.52. For lean hog futures, the April contract up 37 at 78.25. Traders continue to remain optimistic surrounding the partial trade agreement with China. Although details have been limited during the holidays, the expectation that no news is good news as both sides work out the details is expected to create additional hope through the end of the year. Row crops are trading a mixed bag. Monday's report from the CFTC being released this afternoon is expected to shed light on how many large investors have continued to close short positions in expectation of prices moving higher in 2020. On the board of trade, March soybeans up seven and a quarter of a cent at 9.48 and three quarters of a cent. March corn down a penny and a half at 388 and three quarters of a cent. March Minneapolis spring wheat up a penny and three quarters at 555 and a quarter. March Kansas City wheat down a penny and a half at 478 and a half cent. March Chicago wheat down a half cent at 555 and three quarters. In the outside markets, the Dow is down 201 points. The Nasdaq composite down 70. The S&P 500 down 21. You're listening to Adams on Agriculture for the American Ag Network. I'm Kirsten Rall. Have you written a book and want to get it published? Then call Page Publishing at 800-955-4538 immediately. That's 800-955-4538. Page Publishing is looking for authors of all types of books. And unlike most publishers, Page Publishing will take the time to review each and every book submitted to them and give you their feedback. If they like what they read, they'll get your book into bookstores and for sale online at Amazon, the Apple iTunes Store, Barnes & Noble, and other outlets. They handle everything. Editing, cover design, copyright protection, printing, publicity, and distribution. So if you've written a novel, children's book, cookbook, inspirational work, poetry, or a biography and want to get it published, then you need to call Page Publishing and do it immediately. Call 800-955-4538 now for your free author submission kit. Again, for your free author submission kit, call 800-955-4538. That's 800-955-4538. Your road to fame and fortune could very well start with this simple phone call. Call Page Publishing at 800-955-4538 for your free author submission kit. Hi, this is Mike Adams. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture. Join me Monday through Friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the world. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. Well, it is that time where we review a year and look ahead to the next year. We've been doing that on our program so far today, and we'll continue now with Chief uh, Commodities Economist for INTL FC Stone, Arlen Suderman. Arlen, thank you for joining us. I've, I've been talking about how uh, of all the big stories in 2019 for agriculture, I think weather has to be at the top of the list. And, and you've got a year where there were so many challenges and issues and acres that did not get planted and now we have acres still not harvested as we go into 2020 but i think the other side of that story the the other side of that coin is the fact that look how much we were able to produce in a year that had that many challenges yeah i think it speaks volumes about the ingenuity of our uh, agricultural sector and what they're able to accomplish and it goes all the way from the the geneticist to the farmer who's using the technology and planting it and doing the best he can in very adverse conditions but i think most would agree that they're glad to close the door on 2019 and hope for a better 2020 so 
we went into this year talking about big stocks and you know how much would we need to reduce to get the you know market reaction and and then all of a sudden mother nature gave us a big set aside program that we weren't planning on uh but still the markets did not react as some thought they might given all the things that happened in 2019 uh when you look back on this year and market reaction to the events what stands out to you uh I, I think the fact that uh, we went higher in the spring and then trended lower right on into the fall, and I think the biggest thing was without the weather being able to prove the losses, it, the market reverted quickly back to what do we know. And in the past, it's always been a futures market, trading the futures, trading what may be. And it seems like in 2019, more than I recall any other year that I've been involved in over the last four decades, uh, it started becoming, tell me the facts, give me the facts, and then I'll trade them. And uh, if we actually have a short crop, then I'll trade it. If we actually sell uh, something to China, then we'll trade it. And much much less of what might happen and what is actually happened. And I think that's the advent of the algo traders, um, trading momentum, trading chart signals, etc., and less focus on what might be changing in the fundamentals until it actually happens. So I think that's a, a real dynamic change that uh, really came to fruition over 2019. Okay, then does, doesn't that then carry over into 2020? Uh, going back to our earlier comments of look how much we were able to produce with this with such challenges in 2019, and the market still assuming we would produce – it would seem now they're really going to be harder to uh, convince otherwise. They're going to say, wait, well, look at all the problems you had in 2019. So anything that pops up in 2020, uh, they're going to say they're going to be more skeptical of a big drop in production and just assume again that it's going to be there. Uh, yes and no. Um, the yes would be there's going to be a skepticism there because of what we did produce in 2019 under such tremendous adverse conditions, unprecedented planning problems, stresses throughout the year, and of course, as you indicated, still don't have the crop all harvested. A lot of it's still in the field. Um, but also what we saw is that the markets will use what they can or cling to what they can to justify the momentum trading that they want to do. And if a momentum is going to the downside, then that skepticism is going to reign. But if momentum is going to the upside, they will search for whatever they can to justify that momentum going to the upside. And so I think that's one of the keys, is the market tends to try to justify what it wants to do. And while we were in the middle of the trade war, what it wanted to do was be short the commodities, to sell off. And when we got a rally, it was mostly short covering. Um, and then once the headlines or whatever was stimulating, being planning problems or whatever, once those headlines disappeared, they reverted back to building those short positions once again. Prior to the trade war, they were long. They wanted to be long. They used whatever they could to justify being long, and we were rallying. The trade war came. They went short. Now there's some indication that they were looking for an excuse to go long again. How far will that carry us? Perhaps getting the details of the Phase 1 trade agreement will give us some indication of whether that can carry forward. But right now, as we close out the year, the sense is, well, if we have a Phase 1 deal, we're de-escalating the tensions with China. That means U.S. economic growth. That means China's economic growth. That means global economic growth. And if you have economic growth, that means commodities will be in greater demand. Even though they're in surplus supply now, they'll be in greater demand. That's kind of the thinking. And so, therefore, the markets want to believe positive things. Now we just have to see if that actually plays out. We're talking with Arlen Suderman with INTL FC Stone. So let me ask you this. Based on what you know right now as and looking ahead to 2020, is this the year we see the ag economy turn back around? Is this a, a bounce-back, rebound year? Of course, I tend to be an optimist in nature. I tend to always see the glass as half full. Um, and so my bias is that we should. Uh, obviously, when you've had a year agronomically as bad as what we had in 2019, 
uh, it's a little easier to assume that the next year is probably going to be better. We don't know that, but when it's been so bad, you think agronomically it'll be better than it was in 2019. As far as the outlook of the commodity sector, and you look at the fourth year of a first-term president who needs to win re-election, who is fighting an ongoing battle of impeachment from the House of Representatives, and so therefore he seems to value the farm vote. He's made some missteps along the way, but he has seemed to recognize, I've got to have the farm vote and the rural vote in order to win re-election. You would think that there would be some sense of support for agriculture in trying to put money in the farmer's hands, hopefully via trade, if not trade, then some compensation, which he's done over the past couple of years. So that alone would seem to be positive. When you look at China um, and uh, this phase one trade deal, there does seem to be an eagerness to de-escalate the the tensions with President Trump. I think that they got to a point of fear of what he might do, and I think that fear is focused on uh, a leak out of the White House earlier, or late this year, but several months back, that he was considering capital controls, which would have dramatically shut off money flowing into China, which was helping support its military development as well as technology development, which the two are closely intertwined. And I think the change was China thought, we need to do something to stop this escalation before he undermines and totally tears apart our foundation like Reagan did with the former Soviet Union and maybe appease Trump uh, for the time being until we can survive through the Trump years and get past that. And so I think we'll probably, will they buy $40 billion of uh, ag commodities? I think that's yet to be seen. That would be quite a stretch. But I do think that they will buy more commodities not necessarily saving the soybean balance sheet because we have such a drop in demand globally because of African swine fever, but adding demand that wasn't anticipated for corn, ethanol, DDGs, grain sorghum, uh, wheat, uh, a lot of these other commodities that had not anticipated it that we can tighten up the balance sheet and maybe argue for some better prices than what we're starting 2020 with. So we wait and see. A lot hinges on this phase one trade deal. It seems like, and I guess this isn't surprising, we're not hearing a whole lot out of uh, China, and what we hear doesn't seem to be as optimistic as what we hear out of the U.S. side. But uh, uh, I guess we'll find out soon. Well, here's what I look at. Um, first of all, the Chinese culture is a very proud culture, and the leadership is very proud. And if, in fact, the deal is what seems to be coming out of the U.S. negotiators, that would be a major embarrassment for the leadership of China. And I think if that's the case, they only did so for the reasons I already outlined on trying to get a deal to de-escalate things. But they would not want it known back home how much they gave away if, in fact, what's leaking out of the U.S. side is actually true. That is highly significant. And so I think President Trump probably said, okay, if you agree to this, then we'll agree to honor your request of not really publishing the details and embarrassing you in that way. Um, So that gives me some sense of optimism. And if the U.S. trade negotiators are overstating it, you would expect China to be saying, whoa, 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 we didn't agree to that, as they had done previously at various times. But instead, they continue to move forward, not talking the same talk, because their audience is back home where they're, if this is true, embarrassed. But still really not saying, no, that's not true, and they're still moving forward and trying to not only move forward with assigning this later this week, um, but also asking, can we start phase two negotiations? So to me, that tends to support the argument that we did get the deal, that it is a significant deal. That's not saying I believe that they're going to live up to everything in deal, because they don't have a very good uh, track record of doing that. But I do think that we probably do have a deal in hand that would be good for U.S. agriculture if it were lived up to.
Yep, that's good news. And as you said, uh, enforcement of that will be a big story we'll be watching throughout 2020. We are talking with Arlen Suderman, Chief Commodities Economist for INTL FC Stone. We're looking back at 2019 and looking ahead to 2020, looking at some of the big stories, some of the things uh, impacting the markets. Uh, when we come back after the break, Arlen's going to stay with us. We're going to take a look at some of the issues that uh, we think will probably impact the markets in 2020 and get his thoughts on what kind of uh, um, bounce back year and does he think 2020 could be price-wise and uh, where what's going to ask him to kind of shine up that crystal ball of his a little bit and see what's in there that's coming up next stay with us here on aoa hi this is mike adams you're listening to aoa adams on agriculture don't go away more adams on agriculture coming right up Thousands of people contact InventHelp monthly about their invention or new product. Do you think companies would be interested in your idea? Do you want to try to get a patent? Call InventHelp now. Best of all, the call and information are free. InventHelp keeps your idea confidential, explaining every step of the invention process. We create professional materials and submit them to companies who are looking for new ideas in your category. We have more than 9,000 companies who have agreed to review new ideas in confidence. If a company shows interest in manual manufacturing your invention, we can negotiate on your behalf. We have helped over 10,000 clients receive patents. We offer 3D modeling and animation, prototyping services, and we use state-of-the-art technology to present client ideas to additional companies. Join people just like you who made the call to InventHelp. You have nothing to lose. The call and the information are free. Call 1-800-213-4556. That's 1-800-213-4556. Again, 1-800-213-4556. My mom, a breast cancer survivor. The United Breast Cancer Foundation saved her life. Their free breast cancer exam caught the cancer early, and it saved her life. But now the foundation needs your help so they can continue offering free or low-cost breast screening exams, saving more women's lives. Help them by donating your car, whether it's running or not. They'll provide fast, free 24-hour pickup, and you receive a charitable tax deduction, plus the great feeling you'll get knowing your donated car is going to help save more lives. Just call 800-745-3327 to set the wheels in motion. They take cars, trucks, vans, and SUVs running or not. Call 800-745-3327. The United Breast Cancer Foundation needs your help, and your donation could literally save women's lives, helping them catch breast cancer early like they did with my mom. Donate today, 800-745-3327, 800-745-3327. Recently on Adams on Agriculture, joining us now is Jake Parker, Senior Vice President of the U.S.-China Business Council. Big news, of course, is it looks like we're very close to that phase one trade deal with China. Jake, thank you for joining us. What's in this package? So what's in the package now is we have some commitments on intellectual property, technology transfer, the part that's very important to your listeners, agriculture, which I think was one of the big winners in the agreement, financial services liberalization on China's side. There's going to be some focus on currency uh, manipulation and ensuring that there's stability there going forward. Then there's a big component on expanding trade. This is the purchases piece that we've heard about. Uh, the U.S. has announced $200 billion in purchases over the 2017 numbers over a two-year period. So a big part of that would have to be agricultural products. We haven't seen the Chinese uh, echo that sentiment, so we're, we're hopeful for additional details in the weeks uh, ahead. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. Time is money, right? And money... Well, it's the whole reason we go to work every day. Cenex Premium Diesel protects both. With a more complete additive package for a more complete burn, Cenex Roadmaster XL helps your entire fuel system stay up and running, so you can count more profits and steer clear of losses. Now, don't spend all that free time in one place, unless it's the highway. Cenex Premium Diesel. Diesel that doesn't mess around. 
Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed, and they're the stuff inside your stuff. Even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs, and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover guitar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at Goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. Your local FS is member-owned. And that means when you buy our flagship brands like FS Envision and FS High Soy, you're actually buying seed from yourself. And you wouldn't sell yourself anything but the best, would you? In field after field, FS brands are out yielding the competition. Talk to your local FS crop specialist about Envision corn or high soy soybean seed today. At harvest, you'll be glad you did. Envision and high soy are available exclusively at your local FS member company. You're listening to AOA Adams on Agriculture. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You can rely on us for the latest farm and ranch news from around the world. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. And we continue our look at 2019 and ahead to 2020 with Chief Commodities Economist for INTL FC Stone, Arlen Suderman. Arlen, a big story in 2019 that looks to continue into 2020 is African swine fever, creating on one hand creating demand for protein, but on the other hand there's always that threat to our production here in the U.S. Yeah, there really is, and so that's something we constantly have to be cognizant of. And uh, if you're a hog producer taking advantage of the opportunities presented by the increased export demand when they are offered, uh, but always maintaining some risk management strategies to protect you in case that headline hits that has been found here on U.S. shores. And so we hope that doesn't happen, um, but very volatile. But for the meat sector as a whole, it continues to look very positive. We estimate that Chinese pork production is down around 16 million metric tons. Um, They have increased imports. Uh, The the data through November shows that they've increased just shy of 60% over the previous year Um, and uh, really up about 1.7 million metric tons uh, that they've imported in pork uh, through 2019 through November. Uh, They'll pull that up a little bit higher, but increasing pork imports by a million metric tons, importing uh, poultry imports by a million metric tons, and beef by a little bit as well, doesn't close the gap of being short 16 million metric tons of pork. So that's why they still see uh, fresh pork prices anywhere from two to three times what they were prior to ASF. They still have food inflation that's approaching 20%. And it's a serious problem for them in China, and it's going to be for a while. So plenty of challenges ahead for 2020. Some we can see now, and there'll be plenty that we can't see at this point that will happen in the coming year. But it just feels like, uh, Arlen, with what's taken place here at the end of 2019, it it just feels uh, like it's a a more optimistic, a more positive uh, tone going into 2020 for agriculture in many ways. Oh, I would definitely agree with that. And, uh, again, the, the tone is can be set by how the funds view the commodity sector, and I can show that from the data that that can make a, a difference of 50 cents one way or the other to a bushel of corn that's received on the farm. We've got very strong basis across most of the Midwest right now, um, and a lot of farmers saying, well, that's just proof that the crop's not as big as what it was last year or that as big as what USDA says, there may be some truth to that, but also it's a fact that the farmer is more bold up and more positive and not, and not letting go, and he has the market facilitation payments to kind of pay for his storage to hang on and try to wait for higher prices, and so that's forcing the processors and exporters to pay up a little bit more 
is a stronger basis. If we do get a bigger border reaction in the new tax year that starts later this week, we might see an increase in farmer selling that might weaken that basis. And so that's kind of the risk going forward near term. But longer term, there is more optimism because of settling some of these trade issues. Not only China, but obviously USMCA now looks like it's going to eventually get the president's signature. Um, trade agreements with South Korea and Japan and working on it with Europe. But I think that's going to be a much bigger challenge. MFP payments, they were a big part of 2019. It'll be interesting to see what uh, they decide to do in 2020. Uh, it's an election year, so do they go ahead and continue them, or or does the administration say, hey, we're, we're going to have a deal with China, won't need them, or won't need them as much? That's going to be interesting to see how that works out. Yeah, as we indicated, the president wants to save the farm vote and keep the farm vote on his side. We've got 25% of the 19 payments that are still left to be determined with an agreement in hand. I anticipate that uh, they'll kind of follow and track the Chinese imports, and if the Chinese imports are enough to support prices, that maybe we won't see that final 25%. But if China is sluggish in making those purchases enough to support the prices, the 25% will probably be paid, and then we'll start talking about, oh, China's not living up to its agreement, so we're going to come up with some payments for 2020 as well. I don't have the inside track on that. I'm not in the White House, but just being an observer of politics, that's what I would anticipate. And it's going to be very interesting to see these acres that did not get planted in 2019 how many uh, come back into production in 2020, weather permitting, and and uh, that that's a dynamic that's uh, we're going to be seeing in 2020 that we're not used to uh, a lot uh, that unknown that uncertainty. Yeah, there's a lot of different estimates out there about how much the increase in acreage will be for corn and soybeans. There's about 15 million of those pre-planned acres that we would anticipate coming into back into corn and soybeans. Over the last few years, uh, prior to this year, we pretty much always average around uh, 178.7 or so for combined corn and soybean acres, and I don't see any reason to get outside of that. So if if you look at the corn soybean mix, obviously farmers love to plant corn. Uh, well, it was about four decades ago, I had a professor tell me that every farmer loves to plant corn. The only ones who don't are those who can't because of of climate or soil type, um, but some of these estimates of corn acres going to 100 million acres, I just don't buy at this point unless we have a big change in the corn-soybean price ratio. Uh, there are a lot of estimates that said, well, we're not going to go that high. Let's estimate around 94, 95 million acres. That may be a little bit tough as well with some of the cash crunches. I know some banks are kind of limiting their credit line on some farmers this next year. I think it'll be a little bit lower than that. I've been working off of 92.2 million acres of corn and 86.5 million acres of soybeans. Um, although if we keep seeing corn prices work higher, that may work closer to 94 million acres um, somewhere in that neighborhood. And that means we need to see an increase in exports, uh, not just exports of corn, but of also of ethanol. And I said, been saying for the last six months, I think one of the keys being overlooked is if we could get significant quantities of ethanol and DDGs mm-hmm. involved with this phase one trade agreement, I think that would really help the corn market yep. and the demand both along with exports. I talked to our Shanghai office earlier this morning, and I said, the DDGs work? And he goes, oh, yeah, there's definitely interest in DDGs. Yep. And, uh, of course, you've heard rumors on ethanol. Got to go, Arlen. Thanks a lot. We'll look forward to 2020. Thank you. Thank you. Arlen Suderman on AOA. News from around the world. The sounds of success vary from person to person. Success sounds like this to a credenced soybean grower. Along with 43 new varieties this year, credenced soybeans come with agronomic expertise from BASF. That means expert advisors who bring local insights on seed selection, management decisions, and crop protection options. Knowing the kind of success you're shooting for? That's smart. Talk to your authorized credence retailer or local BASF seed advisor. Always read and follow label directions.